This is the Ed Milet Show. All right, everybody. Hey, welcome back to Max Out. Today's a show that I've personally been looking forward to for a long time. And the reason is, is this entire show, you're going to be taking mental notes if you're driving. If you're on a treadmill, you're going to want to go back and listen to it again. If it's on YouTube, you'll be writing. This is heavy-duty note-taking. And the reason is this man's approach is simple to peak performance, but it's different than what you've heard before. And it's an approach I believe in. I practiced it myself. And let me tell you about this guy just for a second. This guy's one of the top performance coaches in the world, worked with 11-plus first-round draft picks in the NFL, 700-plus athletes, eight national championship teams, came on my radar because some of the work and speaking I've done. Coach Nick Saban's a big fan of his. He's worked with his program. Russell Wilson, one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, multiple different sports teams, UFC teams, the, uh, the, the, the elite fighters in the military. One of the coolest things I saw was Sports Illustrated named him the sports world's best brain trainer. And so I've got access to one of the best in the world here today. And this is heavy content, guys. So Trevor Moad, welcome to Max Out, brother. Hey, you know what? I don't, I don't know that I can max out much uh, physio- physically right now, Ed, but uh, psychologically, I'm ready to rock and roll. So thank you so much uh, for allowing me to be on the Ed Milet Show. Great to have you, man. And, and during these times, guys, we are shooting this during the COVID-19 sort of crisis during the pandemic. When you hear this, maybe later than that for some of you. But nonetheless, these principles sort of transcend the time and space that we're in, but they're uniquely valuable right now. So I like your approach because this the space of personal development, I know you've worked mainly with athletes, but now you're working in the business space as well. You hear about this positive thinking, positive thinking thing. It's been something that I've never really preached myself, not because I don't think there's a value to thinking positively. I just haven't always felt like it's applicable for most people at the time you find them in. And that's one of the things about your message that I love. So talk for a second about, first off, maybe a little bit about your dad might be kind of interesting for people, how positive thinking entered your life. And then what you believe a little bit more about neutral thinking, if you'd start there. Yes. So, I mean... Look, I, I think, you know, anybody that understands any type of business, um, in order to, uh, to develop relationships with clients, you've, you've got to create your value proposition. And I don't care what you do. When I was a school teacher, you know, uh, you know obviously, if you're running a, a, a world financial company, if you're, you know, no matter, no matter what you're doing. So, um, so how I would ultimately evolve the education and teaching, um, you know, doesn't mean that that core principles that have been around, you know, since, uh, 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 you know, Tacitus and Aristotle and, and, uh, you know, obviously Abraham Lincoln and Norman Vincent Peale and Maxwell Maltz. And, you know, I mean, obviously those have standed the test of time. So, so much of, of what we'll get to came out of an adaptation to a very unique population that will never listen to a podcast, mm-hmm. will never seek self-help, is not going to Gary V is not, I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, they're not doing that. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it, but how I was raised, um, you know, in the mid seventies, I was born, my dad, my dad, Bob Moad was a high school teacher and coach in a Washington state. So ultimately my whole life, I was raised by, you know, peak performance educator, uh, motivational architect things, uh, but really well developed systems for the business world. Yeah. Uh, so it was, you know, every night at, at dinner, I got a seminar related to the, the, the core principles in and around uh, peak performance. 
And, but one of the things that you talk a lot about, and, and I know your dad's a big positive thinking person. And I, I, I think even you would categorize you and I both, we, we, we respect positive thinking. We know there's a power to it. But what I didn't know is this sort of data you've gathered on the actual power of negative thinking and the impact yeah. negative thoughts have on us. And then even worse is maybe speaking them out loud. I yep. cannot wait for people to hear what you're about to tell them about that. Listen close, everybody. You know, the first time I was diagnosed with cancer, uh, the whole principles and everything that I was, that I was taught and, and I was learning became a lot more real to me. It wasn't some anecdotal field in my mind, I, you know, like, you know, like now my mind was an asset. I'd been a two sport college athlete at Occidental and other things. And as I would get into my 19, 20, 21, like uh, I, I learned to use my mind uh, as an asset and, and a lot of the core principles I was taught. But a lot of the sports psychology principles, a lot of the principles that I had been raised with, uh, you know, that I was t- my dad's uh, process was increasing human effectiveness, unlocking your potential, and committed to quality. And I was teaching a lot of those concepts in the sports world. And I had, you know, uh, uh, IMG Academy is famous for the Nick Voluntary Tennis Academy, a thousand high school athletes, $70,000 a year, many of the best athletes, Tiger, Serena, Jeter, top prospects. Well, I'm like 24, 25. And, uh, you know, by the time I'm 26, just because I'm there and there's only a handful of us, you know, I'm working with the best players uh, in the country. And, and then I'm, you know, working with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I had to ultimately come with a message that was going to make sense. In sports, we estimate that the mind, the mindset's probably three to five percent. Because physiologically, like there's there's no bullshitting the truth. You have to be big, you have to be fast, you have to be strong, you have to be explosive, you have to have hands, but your mind is like a steering wheel. And a steering wheel, it might be a small part of a car, but it gets you where you need to go. And um, so, you know, we started to realize that uh that the, that the positive thinking message wasn't working and we also needed more time. So I told coach Saban after our first season, like we, we can't like intermittently teach this. We've got four or five of the best people in the world from wall street, uh, clinical psychologists, myself on the self-esteem side, but like, let's build an architecture in the summer where we give them an alphabet and then we can build off the language. And the, one of the big things we taught them was that uh, negative thinking works. And we gave them a lot of the data from, uh, 18% of your creativity, your increase in errors, uh, uh, you, you know, can go up by over 30%. Um, your it's, it's, it's a multiple of four to seven times more powerful than its equivalent positivity. And, and, uh, and then we had all sorts of, uh, 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 not anecdotal data, but we had from the Mayo Clinic to the Cleveland Clinic, 83% of illnesses are facilitated, exacerbated, or started from, from negative thinking. And then what we started to learn was if we say things out loud, they're 10 times more powerful than if we think it. And if they're negative, they're a multiple four to seven. So if a multiple, so if I'm saying negative things out loud, I don't want to be here. I hate the heat. Uh, What's going on in our world right now? What's the circumstance? What's the situation? Then I'm increasing the probability that what I don't want to have happen will happen by 40 to 70 times. The last point is the consumption of negativity. Uh, the consumption of negativity, three minutes of news is an increase in 27% uh, that we'll say we had a terrible day. So like if, if you're diagnosed with a sickness, the thoughts, they're, they're inevitably there, right? But how you talk about it is always gonna be in your control. And if you don't feel optimistic, then saying nothing 
is going to at least give your brain the best functionality to navigate forward as opposed to, uh, you know, the, the panic that you create, uh, you know, by looking at the internet, by whatever, you know, all, all those things. So let's stay uh, there for a minute. I want everyone yeah. to get this. This is one of the most important things ever said on my show because it's simple. And when something's simple, complexity is the enemy of execution, everybody. So when you're trying to change your life, you're like, I'm down on my luck. I have these negative thoughts. My self-esteem's low, but you're going to go all the way to walking meditations as the right. first thing you're going to do. Yeah. That leap is too far. Too and far. Let's just be clear about what you're saying because we both work a lot with athletes. Athletes are such a great training ground for what, how business works. I want you to already said a couple things. I want to rehearse. It's only 3 to 5% of the separator. You've got to be physical. In business, you still got to be skilled. You still got to have a great product. You still got to have a great business plan. But this three to five percent is the separator, and it's as basic to get to a decent level. Yes, it's as basic, guys, to get to a decent level as the thought of something negative is four to seven times more powerful than the positive thought. But once you express it verbally, you're going to forty to seventy times the power. Right. Stay with me right. on this, everybody. One of the things that surprised me because I was an athlete, just like you, similar type of athlete, good but not great. Yep, at a college athlete that. I am surprised how many people, I mean, because I don't do it, I just didn't do it. it, they speak negatives out loud. It's just not something I've done in my life. It doesn't mean I'm better or worse than anybody, but my life started out, I started to be pretty successful. I'm convinced, because I was in this very small group of people, I don't think a lot of negative thoughts, but I very rarely say them out loud. And that magnifier, not having it in my life, has created a great deal of success, just that baseline. So the first part of the program, guys, we're going to give you some examples next. Then we're going to give you a different way to think. But so far, you ought to be going, I have to stop saying negative things out loud. And right. then into my consumption, news, negative people, right? Yep. These things, I have to keep them out of my proximity. These are the baselines to be successful. And if you're all wondering, that's what you do with elite athletes? Athletes are the last people who buy into positive thinking stuff, just so you know. Because they, they deal with too much failure. So they know, you know, you're 0 for 20, right? And you've caved 11 times. Your inclination is not to be thinking positive. And they don't want to hear that from anybody around them, okay? So how do they turn it around? And I, I got to go to a baseball story with them. To get, I want to give them two or three examples because they're unbelievable. I'm going to say this to you. I'm going to tell you that I'm a Red Sox fan first, okay? Uh, and uh, 1986, I've cried like three times in my life, everybody. And one of the times I cried, I was in my own bedroom alone watching the World Series, watching my Red Sox, who had not won a World Series championship in a bazillion years. We're in the ninth inning. We've got a lead. Bob Stanley's on the mound. And our first baseman's a guy named Bill Buckner. The game's over. The game's so over, everybody, that the champagne is already in the Red Sox locker room. There are Mets players in their locker room taking their uniforms off to get ready to leave. They're not even in their uniforms anymore, some of them. And a guy named Bill Buckner boots a ground ball between his legs. Bless his heart. Great player, like 10-time All-Star. Yeah, 8-time Gold Glover. Gold Glover, one of the best defensive players in the game in his position. Borderline Hall of Famer, like 2,800 hits or something like that I think Buckner had. It's the cap on his career. He's our first baseman. And, guys, he lets a slow ground ball go through his legs, and we ultimately end up losing that game and then losing the World Series. It's probably, bless his heart because he just passed away, but 
it's probably the, the biggest error in the history of a championship game ever made. And I cannot believe what you're going to tell them about what you've discovered about Bill Buckner prior to this. So listen to this, everybody. <clears throat> yeah, so, so <clears throat> what, that's a great intro, Ed, and obviously you have the baseball background. Um, <clears throat> but I was watching an E60 story, and uh, this was probably six years ago. <laughs> and uh, Jeremy, Schapp, <laughs> Jeremy Schapp was doing the story, and they were going back through the 86 World Series. And all of a sudden, they show an interview from Buckner from a local Boston station. It was recorded, um, but it, it, it somehow had hidden for nine, been hidden for nine years. And then so uh, it, uh, it, then it reemerged when ESPN, you know, found it and showed it in 2012, 2013. But Buckner says, you know, the dream would be to, to win the World Series, but my, my real nightmare would be to let the game-winning run score on a ground ball through my legs to cost us the World Series. And I'm watching this, right and I, I, I'm like, no, like, <laughs> you know, and, and, and Jeremy Schapp wasn't thinking much about it. He was saying prophetic, but he, he didn't do what we do, Ed. Mm -hmm. So, like, you hear it. I'm a big believer in the power of language. And, you know, ultimately, we track down, track down the clip. And then, you know, Mookie Wilson hits the ball everything that you said, and this is what we know. Saying it didn't make it happen, but it increased the probability by 40 to 70 times that it wouldn't happen. Okay, so do you call that what Buckner did? Everybody, I want you to just get this. This man spoke the ground ball prior to it happening into existence. I have to believe that when pressure hits, we sort of re-recoil re to what you call like a subconscious plant. Correct. Yes. Yes. I think he's not consciously thinking I'm going to boot this boot this ground ball, but I think that that subconscious plant existed. Is what is a subconscious plant? What does that mean when you say that? Yeah. So so a subconscious plant is, you know, we have the conscious mind, you know, which is right now, and then we have the subconscious mind, which is operating in our self talk, you know, at at, at hundreds of words a minute, uh, you know, and it, and it goes, you know, to our memory, um, and and so. It's it's one of those things that if we've said something, you know, a handful of times or over and over again, we've created part of an identity, right? And and and, and you know, um, uh, an identity is is obviously when when the neurons sort of fire and wire together, and um, and I know you've had Joe uh, Dispenza on your show who can explain it much more eloquently, but but way beyond my IQ. Uh, but that identity is formed like you know, hey, I don't want this to happen. And then as that moment comes, your identity is, is sort of like, well, this would be good. This would be bad. And, and so, you know, he, in his mind, he's probably remembering I could win it, but I could also lose it right now. And the negativity is so much more powerful than the positive memory that it, 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 it drives that. The good news, everybody, what you're getting out of today's show, there's only steps of what to do. So far, the first half of the show is just eliminating a behavior. Right. Process of now we're going to yep. talk a little bit about neutral thinking. And by the way, and after we talk about this, I want to talk about your book after this topic comes up. Sure. But I want to illustrate it with a story. Um, start with the story and then because mm -hmm. the behavior is what really drives things. Will you tell them this SAT story for a minute with the guy with the 1400? Because yeah. I think facts tell stories sell. So yeah. of all your content, when I've devoured it, some of the stories are what make points for me, right? And yeah. so- Please share this story and then make the point that you would make with it for them. It's brilliant. 
Yeah, I, I think for me, truthfully, just even as a high school teacher, like cutting my teeth in LA Unified School District and then being raised by my, you know, my dad, like my dad had thousands of articles of these anecdotal stories, mm-hmm. you know, and even to wrap up the negative one, he had a great story about a guy that locked himself on accident in a refrigerated boxcar, starts panicking, uh, you know, because he can't get the attention of anybody else uh, in the boxcar starts writing down what's going through his mind. Like I'm in this boxcar, I'm going to freeze to, you know, uh, uh, half asleep now I can hardly write. And then the guy writes, these may be my last words is from success unlimited, a magazine in 73. They open up the boxcar many hours later, they find the guy and uh, he's dead, but then they check the, the, the freezing apparatus. It was 56 degrees. Oh my gosh. They, they found out that the, the freezing apparatus was broken. There was no, there was no physical reason for his death. All they could say, uh, as they tried to diagnose it was somehow he talked himself into dying. Hey guys, you know I've been careful forever of who I let sponsor the show and these people at Omax are wonderful and their products are great. So now for some of you, living with chronic pain is the worst. It's more of a feeling of discomfort. It can affect your whole life. I know that and many of you do. Many of my listeners probably have some type of pain that's prevented them from relaxing and sleeping or stopped them from exercising altogether. Maybe it's been going on for a few weeks now and hasn't improved with any treatments they've tried. And I got to tell you, for me, I just had a real issue as I've gotten a little bit older with a lot of back pain after my training and my working out, or even when I'm taking a long walk. And Omax has helped a great deal with that. So if you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle or joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery, then you need to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution, Cryo-Free CBD Roll-On developed by Omax Health. It's non-prescription, triple-action pain relief, and it's a roll-on especially formulated to block pain receptors reduce inflammation and improve muscle and joint recovery and flexibility. The best part is it's 100% natural, CBD-powered remedy that works its magic within 10 minutes of application. And the relief lasts like up to eight hours, much longer than most over-the-counter products. And I got to tell you, I've said to this many times for you guys, it's been a godsend from my dad who's gone through a lot of different pain, chemo and the different things he's doing, and he still wants to work out. It's made a big difference for my dad, and that's why... I have these guys on the program. Omax Health is offering my listeners 20% off a full bottle of cryo-free CBD pain relief roll-on plus free shipping. The discount also applies towards any product site-wide. Just go to omaxhealth.com and enter the code MYLET, which is M-Y-L-E-T-T. That's omaxhealth.com and enter the code MYLET to get 20% off cryo-freeze site-wide products as well. And I can tell you, pro athletes such as PGA Tour Pro, my buddy Kyle Stanley uses cryo-freeze CBD to recover both on and off the course. And go look at the product reviews. They've got like 95% five-star reviews on the page. And so many of you guys are messaging me telling me how much Omax cryo-freeze has been good for you as well, which makes me feel great. So anyway, I think you'll love it. Anyone from athletes to a grandmother or a grandfather like my dad can benefit from this immediate pain relief. If you have pain that won't go away, then you qualify for Omax CryoFreeze. Simply roll it on where it hurts and it ices out the pain. No messy creams or horrible fragrances like these other products where you stink after a while. CryoFreeze works within 10 minutes of application, improves physical training, recovery, and performance. So go to OmaxHealth.com, enter the code MYLET. And get 20% off CryoFreeze and site-wide. I'm telling you, this product is the real thing. At OmaxHealth.com, use the code MYLET and get 20% off and site-wide. This is not a gimmick. Now, it may have taken cancer for me to appreciate it, but I hope it doesn't take people that. And it shouldn't. I'm, I'm so embarrassed it took that for me uh, because my dad, like the coach that he was, the teacher he was, 
the motivator was the millions of people that <clears throat> that he inspired. And I love my dad and we were close. <clears throat> I just was like, now nah, buy this. Uh, but the SAT in the 80s was scored out of uh, two parts, a math part and a verbal part, both scored out 800 points. Well, people who are not successful, people who are not achieving, people who are about to get kicked out of school, people who are, you know, uh, substance abuse are typically not expected to do well. It doesn't mean they can't, but they're not expected to do well. But he promises mommy take it. So he takes it in May and then he gets a score back in June and he scores a 1480 out of 1600 <laughs> as my dad shares a story. So, um, you know, so like obviously for people that want a, a much bigger IQ than I have and you've been pissed off that you haven't got big words yet in this podcast, uh, it would be called cognitive dissonance, right? right? Where, where like what you believe to be true versus what happened are different. Right. So context, Trevor, I got a, I got an 870 on my SATs and you got a 1010, I think. Right. So I got a 1010. Yeah. yeah. So this yeah. is blown up the score. It's almost <laughs> 1500. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, you know, as ultimately he, uh, um, you know, so he's confounded. His mother confronted him, did what any mom would do. She said like, did you cheat? Right. She knows her son. He said he tried to cheat, but the seats were, the scantrons were, you know, the way the seats were and the number two pencil. So, you know, he took the test. So going back into his senior year, he says, man, if I'm smart, I, uh, I might as well go to class. So he makes a decision based on that score that he'll go to class. Well, that decision, because he starts going to class, he doesn't hang out with people he used to when he didn't go to class. Well, now teachers see him and they start to treat him differently. Maybe they missed the boat on him. He's in class. He's learning more. Uh, graduates, goes to a community college, uh, goes to a four-year, and then goes on to the Ivy League, gets an MBA. Well, ultimately changes his life, comes this incredible magazine entrepreneur. So I'm young, I hear the story, and my dad was telling me all sorts of stories, man. Growing up, I'd be listening to Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy and every great speaker you could imagine. So I'm hearing the story, and he said, uh, he said that the, the, the guy says, no, that's not the story. So 12 years after all this guy's success, he gets a letter in the mail from Princeton, New Jersey. Now, he doesn't think anything about it. So it turns out the next day, his wife said, you're going to open it. He opens it. Well, it turns out the SAT board, which they do every year, We'll do a standard review of their test-taking procedures and policies. The year he took the test, according to my dad, he's one of 13 people, sent the wrong SAT score. His actual score was a 14, eight, uh, seven, excuse me, a 740 out of 1600. Oh and, and, you know, as I heard it, I'm stunned. Wow. And, and so the guy says, people think the 1480 is what changed my life. But what, in truth, really changed my life is when I started acting like a 1480. Wow. And what does a 1480 do? He goes to class. Wow. And, you, you know, like what the sports world will tell you is, yeah, they're Cam Newtons that look like GoBots and Transformers and LeBron James. But, mm -hmm. but how do you explain a Russell Wilson? Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, um, and yes, there, there are Mike Trouts, but, you know, how do you explain um, a Craig Biggio? You know, and, 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 and I mean, so, so there's so many like different and in the business world, of course, there are people that went to Harvard. Of mm -hmm. course, there are the Mark Zuckerbergs and and all the different people. But but how do you explain the, the thousands of people uh, that that didn't go through any traditional education and yet are running our world? Bro, that's it's one of the all time great stories. And there's a couple more. Maybe we'll get to towards the very end because we're <laughs> in the corner on this. But. That behavior piece is huge. So, so far, guys, we're piecing this together. It's don't say stupid things. Try not to think them and don't say stupid things out loud, number one. Two, your behavior is a predictor of your future. And sometimes behavior can influence thinking, right? 
Third, a huge piece that you teach, and by the way, I wish I knew this earlier, honestly, with a lot of the uh, UFC guys that I've worked with. I wish I had this terminology that I am now going to steal from you, just so you know, so when you hear yeah, me, good. It's, Please. It's, it's mine. But, um, and that is the concept of neutral thinking. Everyone, listen close, because this is something all of you can get to relatively quickly as well is neutral thinking. What does that mean and how do you do it? So in 09, probably through 014, I, I was studying non-negativity. And the best information I could found out I could find out about non-negativity was children's books. <clears throat> and the the elimination of negativity. And uh, you know, there was <clears throat> Taoism and some other things, but when after my last season at Alabama, Kirby Smart, who's the same age as me, Got the head coach of Georgia. So it, it'd be like being at Google and going to another company that's not quite Google. Yeah. Getting a chance to be the CEO and then me leaving Google mm -hmm. <clears throat> with a good job to go to him. And I told him, I said, hey, I want to teach it a little bit different. And I want to call some things a little bit different than we've done in the past. Are you cool with that? Mm -hmm. He said, yeah. And, and, and so um, we really started forming at that point. This idea of, well, negative thinking works negative and positive thinking it struggles. So let's think of it as a car. If I'm going backwards, I can't go to forwards all at once. I got to go to the middle and, and that middle ground is neutral. So the idea of being neutral is ultimately <clears throat> the acceptance of the past as real. And that's where positive thinkers and positive coaches fuck everybody up. And, and because they want you to pretend that an outcome that you are currently facing or have faced recently or you haven't been able to get through, if it's a bad one, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but let's be honest, the bad ones are lasting a lot longer in your mind than the good ones. That just sucks. That's how we're wired. Mm -hmm. um, it's just the truth. So they want you like, uh, you know, I went through a divorce. I talked about it in the book uh, mm -hmm. that, that was like, not my choice. I, I still love her. She's amazing. We're great friends. <clears throat> but there was a lot of people that said, think of all the people now you get to meet. Well, like, fuck, I, I got married to not meet <clears throat> anybody. Right. I mean, you had your high school sweetheart. I mean, different people have different things, but like, uh, you know, different people have, uh, but you know, I, I met mine, like love at first sight, airport, all these different things. Well, you know, now it's over. Mm -hmm. So I had to, I had to approach it like this is real. But I also knew that if I lingered and talked a lot about it, that the negativity would bleed into my future behaviors. So the idea of neutral is we played a bad half. We had a really bad quarter. We're facing some serious shit right now in our world. Um, I just lost the love of my life. Uh, I'm facing this health challenge. Um, I'm just not performing as well as I want. Uh, whatever it is, uh, that that's real. Mm -hmm. But, the, but while the past is real, it's not predictive. You're, what you do next is, is what determines your future, not how you feel. Guys, and, what he's saying, I just want to jump in, is when you got a corner who runs a 4-6-40 and he's covering a dude who runs a 4-3 and you keep telling that dude you can run with this guy, he knows he can't. Right. right? So there's got to be yeah. a thinking and a behavior adjustment. Just I want to just make sure they, they understand. Right. Yeah. yeah, like there's – we film everything. So there's no bullshit. <laughs> it, doesn't lie. There's, it doesn't lie. There's no bullshit. And we got a scoreboard. Can you give me an example of a neutral statement? I'll give you just a great one from Apollo 13. 
So you're 205,000 miles away from Earth. And your secondary ship that's going to land on the moon, uh, or one of them, uh, uh, explodes. So a lot of things are difficult to, to be positive about at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but negative thinking isn't going to work either. So the positive thing might, might be <clears throat> for uh, Jim you know, Lovell to tell Buzz Aldrin um, and, and, uh, and, and Fred Hayes, <clears throat> hey, man, just stay with me. We're going to get home. We are finding a way to get home. We are going to get there. And basically what his thing was is, all right, what, what just happened? We had a main bus valve break. Can we still land on the moon? So can we still land on the moon is the ultimate neutral statement. It's not positive. It's not negative. Can we land? No. Um, all right. Okay, we can't land. Um, can we still, uh, you know, do these two scenarios? No. Can we still orbit the earth in, or orbit the moon in this thing? No. All right. So this is our reality. This ship's not going to work. Can we get to the limb, orbit, and circle back? Yes. How would we do that? Can we get there? It doesn't have enough oxygen for all of us, so we're going to have a carbon monoxide issue. And every step, and anybody can go on YouTube and watch the Apollo 13 press conference. It's an hour and 26 minutes. It's available for everybody, the real one. Um, And the whole thing is, this is how we did it. And then ultimately what he said is, we just had to find a way to keep going. Mm. You know, and and, and so, but I think a neutral statement is through adversity. I take setbacks as temporary. I bounce back quickly. Very good. You know, Very and, good. And, 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 and so, uh, you know, and hey, I got I to gotta support myself unconditionally. Yes. Um, we're going to find a way through. I want to go to the negative thinking thing just for a second. I teach a thing called thought stacking. When you begin to think negatively, it's a hyper fast thought stacking process you go through. So you magnify by thought stacking. It's almost impossible to contain one negative thought in your mind and then let it escape you. What you do is you begin to try to validate that thought with more negative thoughts and typically bigger ones. So that's why that's such a detrimental process to your your productivity, your mental well-being, and overall your success. You stack thoughts, everybody. It's a huge thing for you to know. That's why you've got to identify them when they're there and stop the negative thinking process. And especially, as Trevor much more eloquently than I say, saying them out loud. The second thing is when you become a neutral thinker, okay, and that is a baseline place to get. It's not that I don't want you to aspire to be a positive thinking person. I do want you to do that. When you become a neutral thinker, you build some credit with yourself. Let me tell you what happens. When you neutrally think, like if you're in a UFC or you're one of my boxers and you're getting killed by a guy's left hook, neutral thinker says, hey, we've got to address the left hook, right? We've got to get our right hand up or whatever that might be. That builds self-trust. If you're a positive thing, you're going, I don't eat left hooks. I don't eat left hooks. I don't eat left hooks. And the evidence keeps happening to the contrary. You deplete your own self-trust by being a positive thinker in a negative environment. So neutral thinking actually builds self-trust and self-confidence because what you're telling yourself, you're bearing to be true with evidence repetitively so that when you do stack a positive thought, you've got some credibility with yourself. Does that make sense to everybody? So that's why neutral thinking is such a valuable asset. That's one of the things in sports. Nobody cares why you didn't win. <laughs> you know, like, you, like it, it's just you got to find a way to get it done. And, mm-hmm. and, and so that's why I think sports are, are, are such 
you know, whether it's the UFC, whether it, whether it's, you know, unique, different examples. And to your point about positive thinking in the absence of negative thinking, positive thinking is a real weapon. Mm -hmm. So if you have negative thoughts, what I want you to know is the best athletes in the world. And, and, and Ed, you know that whether it's the best athletes, best entrepreneurs, the best business people, everybody has them all the time mm -hmm. because our wiring hasn't changed from 10,000 years ago, where if we weren't assuming the worst, we were going to get stepped on by a dinosaur, yes. you know, and, 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 and that's the reality. So, so, so the book, um, uh, the book, it takes what it takes, um, you know, with the forward by Russell Wilson, um, is really, you know, it proves the power of negativity. So if you're an asshole and you're watching this right now and, and you want to debate me, you can't not read that and, 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 and walk away saying, you know what, bullshit, negative thinking is going to make me, or the externalization of negativity, not going neutral, like it's going to make me so much better. If you're succeeding and that's how you've been doing and you say a bunch of that stuff and you behave in then you have succeeded in spite of yourself. People who become average become average because they do average people things. You know, I think people who become successful do successful people things. And people who, who, who struggle do struggle people things. Mm. And, 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 and so what happens if I'm a struggle people, if I'm a struggle person and, and I keep doing that? Well, I know the outcome. I would rather aim high and miss than aim low and hit. And aiming low is not helping, you know. So, so focus more on the behavior. You know, that's why, uh, you know, all these fitness plans don't work. Like, I, you know, my dad used to talk about playing uh, class reunions. And be 25 years, he'd see all these people and they look great, you know. And then it would, the class reunion would be in August and he'd say, you know, I wonder if Ed hasn't eaten since June, <laughs> you know, because you get back to, to your class and you want, but, but, that's a short-term sell. You are only affecting your willpower, which will always lose to what you really believe. So after that event, you, 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 you eat a little bit more and, and then you start to go back to who you think you really are. And that's why uh, the identity, which is, this is who I am based upon what I do. And where Ed said the, the neutral comment about athletes <clears throat> can't fake it to themselves, <clears throat> your confidence and your self-esteem is built on what you do, not magical words. And willpower, uh, 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 me coming to speak, a seal coming to speak, you know, uh, David Goggins telling you you're a fucking pussy, you know, uh, or all those things. Like, that's going to get, I want to change. But if, if, if you don't have a plan, um, then you're going to go back to who you know you are, not based upon who you're destined to be, but because you think you're a 740. Imagine if you were born, Ed, and you were like, you know what? Every time I've tried walking, all I do is eat it. So I'm just going to chill for a couple of years until I can do what those other people do and walk without any problems. Mm. And that's what I've had to learn in relationships. Like I did all the Catholic things, right? Yeah. Uh, but being a husband is so much more than that. Mm. And, uh, and, being, and I, I, didn't, I didn't do what, what needed to be done for the relationship to exist. And I'm paying the consequences. That does not indict me to not having something better going forward. And if I try and I meet somebody and she's not interested in me, that doesn't mean that I'm doomed for failure. It means that, that, that I've got to stay the course and, and, and execute the process. And that's what, that's what I've learned. And, and, you know, I think the difference 
what, what I've tried to do, and, and probably the hardest thing for me, Ed, I remember sitting down with, with uh, Chris Pfaff, drama CEO of Young and Reckless, was like, you got to sell people on your badassness. And, and so I think uh, it takes what it takes is an exploration, some of the best athletes, some of the best people, uh, 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 and a, an evolution of how we came to the idea of thinking neutrally. Um, and the great people like Ed Milet, that I've been blessed to have my knowledge uh, raised and get better because the right attitudes are contagious. Attitudes are contagious in general. That's a neutral state, bad or, or good. But the right attitude is a competitive advantage. And all an attitude is, is, is it's just a teeter-totter, man. It's a direction in which you lean. So your audience, your audience is, has got choices to make right now with some real realities that are, that are no bullshit. Yeah, Trevor, one of the separators for you is it's real life, real world experience, not theory. And that's why, guys, get the book. I'm just going to tell you straight up. And your vulnerabilities are what make you valuable, bro. If you were doing the Superman thing, I wouldn't connect with you because I'm screwed up too, right? Yeah. So I like dudes that are screwed up that are trying to be less screwed up to be great. Yeah, I, I want to be less. Yeah, me too. And you said something in there that was just, dude, there's so many, so much gold in there. But you said something, I think I quote this correctly, where you said your willpower will eventually succumb to who you believe you are. And right. that is powerful, man. Like it will eventually succumb. Your willpower will. So not even close. It's not even. It, 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 it's not even close. It's why. It's why most uh, New Year's af uh, New Year's uh, affirmations, yeah. resolutions, or affirmations are gone by halftime of the Fiesta Bowl. I want to know last thing, and uh, we're pressed up on it, but that's just I. I, I want to know my, myself because I've worked with different guys too, but you've worked with people I haven't worked with that I'm interested in them. So without being personal about them. What does Russell Wilson, Mike Trout, Nick Saban, let's just take those three. So different positions and one's a coach, one's a quarterback, one's an outfielder. Okay. Those three guys, and you've worked with tons. What is different about them? Because there's something different about them that's different amongst the different ones. Mm -hmm. Get to those levels. Everyone's different. Urban Meyer's a dear friend of mine. Uh, these Lou Holtz has become a pretty good buddy. Like there's something different about those few people that's different amongst the difference. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What do you, could you, what do you think it is or what do you know it is? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You mentioned, you know, Lou Holtz. Cause I mean, you talk about somebody that doesn't have traditional aptitude. And I remember being a uh, 1997 finishing college in Pasadena, California. He came to speak. I, 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 I was able to raise, Get, well, I'll get my dad to pay a thousand dollars to go see him. Great. And one of the things, one of the things that he that he would talk about, because there wasn't a lot of digital content available, was this idea that he didn't let his he didn't let members on his team quit. Once the season started, you had to play the whole season. Hmm. You could you could quit at the end of the year, but like that was clear. And 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 he said by doing that, players woke up every day not deciding if they wanted to be a part of the team. That was already decided. Right. So uh, so that would help me where any job I take, uh, I'm going to make a two year commitment. That's what my dad believes. So if I work for a full time company, my goal is to commit two years because I need to know, obviously, unless they don't commit to me, but I need to have a better understanding of who they are and what they're about. So when I you know, went to, to Exos, I was there two years to the day when I went to IMG. I was there, you know, 12 years. But but that two year commitment when I when I went to teach, I taught two years at the first school, two years at the second year. So that was from Lou Holtz, but I, this is what I would say, and, and I know as we close, um, you know, why is Nick Saban, uh, you know, this guy who worked at his dad's 
uh, gas station from, uh, you know, uh, Monaga, West Virginia, one of Forbes best leaders in the world. And I know so many people like, why should a, a football coach be a, one of the best leaders in the world? We don't get to decide those things. You know, uh, other people make those decisions, but, but his, his message is universal. And if you don't believe it, you see who was more impactful uh, during an F5 hurricane in the state of Alabama, Nick Saban and his players or the, the governmental officials of Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so what I would say about Nick is, is an incredible understanding of where he's good and, and where, where he can get better. And he supplements all the areas. He's not afraid to reach out to tons of different people, tons of speakers, uh, a lot smarter than me, uh, whether they're in, in substance abuse, motivation, education, inspiration, uh, business. Uh, and, and then a handful of those people get a chance to consult on a more frequent basis for me, which was 25 to 30 days a year, and then play a deeper role uh, weekly with him. So his understanding of, A, you don't need to be sick to get better. Yeah, I'm really good. Uh, and he's got a great system. And like he's so good at what makes football players good, like coaches good. How he recruits, his architecture, like, you know, it's not a BS positive message. So he's going to give a talk for 10 minutes. He prepares for two hours because he learned when he met one of the presidents of the United States that, that he saw that level of preparation of the president of the United States and said, why well, should it be any different for a coach? Mm-hmm. Now, I think Mike Trout, so, so for me, I, you know, my relationship was with Billy Epler and the coaches. I got to consult, you know, 30, 40 days with the team. Uh, and spend, you know, uh, probably uh, a lot more time with some than with others. But I got to spend a lot of time uh, watching Mike Trout, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 because uh, Mike Trout is, you talk about like great to greater. Yep. So you know, uh, Mike Trout, and and so what I saw in Mike was uh, the humility was incredible. Uh, the athleticism was obviously uh, exceptional. Um, you know, and, and incredible, the, the grit and grind, you know, he, he, he was making 30 million a year and still going home and living with his family. Mm. Uh, how he managed adversity, his adversity tolerance, mm. uh, you know, uh, when they, you know, and, and I'm sure he handled it well with Tyler Skaggs last year yeah. uh, for those down in Orange County, uh, you know, and I, I love Tyler uh, and his family. Uh, but I, I think Mike has an incredible process um, and he trusts, I, what I saw was, he trusts his process. He's not looking for gimmicks. You know, what I, one of the things that, that pisses me off the most is when somebody says, I read your book, what can I read next? Just fucking follow the book. <laughs> you know, like I, I hate serial readers. Mm-hmm. I think what Mike is just, he has a really good process. He trusts it, doesn't vary, but, 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 but he's open-minded and he'll listen. But he's, he, he's not looking for gimmicks. Okay. You know, uh, and, and, and you know in baseball, uh, it's not about getting rid of the, 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 the slump. It's happening. It's how you minimize the length of it. Yep. That's the difference. Yep. You know, you minimize yours to four, four games versus 14 games. Yep. Because four games, like, they can ride through with you. 14 games, man, they got to get something done. Yeah. So, uh, and then I would say um, Russell, Russell's just the most cre- incredible collection of world-class behaviors. He just does everything like, you know, how he talks out loud. If you're negative, you have, you can't live in his life. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, there's no room for you. You know, like there's, there's no negative news on TV. 
You know, they'll watch Netflix. They'll watch other things. Listens to uplifting spiritual music. Yeah, he's not afraid of rap. He's not going to plug his ears or whatever. But, but um, the time he gets up, the nutritionist, his, uh, his uh, active release therapist, his massage therapist, uh, his understanding of his body's physiology, um, and, uh, you know, understanding of sleep hygiene and fatigue science. Uh, he has a great understanding of how that works for him. And then if you listen to Russell talk, if you go on the podcast we did with Zillow or, or some of the other things that we've done, this guy knows more than me, you know, because he lives it. He understands neutral thinking, the minimization of negativity. And that's what got him through an interception at the one yard line with 124 million people watching, which was 11 million people more than that watched MASH. MASH's finale for you young people, you may not know, but that was the most popular show. That 124 million people that watched him throw an interception was the most televised event in the history of our country. And, and he made that mistake and we, we got through it neutrally. It was real, evaluated what happened, what was the decision, feet placement, arm throw, all the different things, routes. This is real. Uh, and then we went down to Rancho Santa Fe. The book goes into this in depth about how we navigated it. We got what was in our control, a great off season. You know, that was all we could control. We, we, we got a really good trainer. We had a great off season, did all the things that you need to do, uh, followed his goals, which was to run uh, at the 4-4 level. He had run in the low four fives. That was an aspirational goal. We shot for that. We built everything around speed so he wasn't getting caught from the back end. Uh, and then every morning we watched one of his fourth quarters going all the way back to his ninth grade year while he'd have breakfast. If you want to stay where you're at, stay. Like, it's okay. Like, I, this is where I'm like, this is why I aspire uh, to, to spend my time with people who are already really good. We need to be neutral in our language. We need to be radical in our candor with ourselves. Very good. Trevor, Trevor. Thank yeah, you. man, it was awesome. That was really awesome. Thank you so much. Guys, make sure you go get Trevor's book. Follow him on Instagram. And those of you that are not following, make sure you follow me because I run the max out two-minute drill every day. It's a big deal. Every day I make a post at 7.30 Pacific, 10.30 Eastern. And if you make a comment in the first two minutes, which means your notifications need to be turned on, if you do that, we do a drawing every day. You can qualify three ways. One, make a comment the first two minutes when I post. Second thing is reply to other people's comments so I see you engaging together. Or third, if you miss the first two minutes, I make five posts a week. Comment on every post at any time. We pick winners that do that as well. You ride on my jet, come see me speak, get coaching calls with me, coaching calls with my guests, my book, Max Out Gear, all kinds I'm of- gonna, I'm gonna follow all of Ed's platforms now. I've, I've never been allowed to do any of the following for us, so, so, uh, but, but I'm gonna make sure I, I get all that done uh, to follow you on, uh, 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 what is it, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, yeah. and uh, Instagram. 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 Yes. And by the way, I, I'm going to follow you as well. I think I'm already following you, actually, because I know too yeah. much about you. I must be following your stuff every day. So listen, everybody, thank you for being here today, Trevor. That was outstanding stuff. And God My bless pleasure. you all. And Max out. Take care. This is The Ed Show.